and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hey, Stephanie, can you believe that the average mass-produced bottle of wine can contain up to 16 grams of added sugar? I know, that's crazy. That's more than a glazed donut. Oof, she kind of grosses me out. But anyway, we're so excited because we finally found clean crafted wine that we enjoy, that tastes good, and we don't feel like crap the next day. I am loving these Scout and Cellar wines. We've tried several of the different types, and all of them taste good, like Marnie said. And we love the fact that there's no added sugar. They're free of chemicals and pesticides. They're grown with organic grapes and sustainable farming practices. And they have very low sulfites, which are one of the things that can often cause the headaches the next day. And, you know, it's summertime, it's patio season. It's so nice to just get outside. If you enjoy having a glass of wine, um, we are super excited to be part of Scout and Cellar. And we do have our online shop. So you just head on over to www.scoutandcellar. That's S-C-O-U-T-A-N-D. C-E-L-L-A-R dot com slash the art of living well. You can have clean crafted wine delivered to your door. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Art of Living Well podcast. We are thrilled to bring you today's guest, Samantha Shvetsov. Samantha is the founder and owner of Healing Elements. She's a wife and a mother and she's a facilitator of community spaces and a meditation and mindfulness guide. Samantha loves to be around people and she loves stories and she's really passionate about holding space for humans to integrate the widely vast resources available to live in divine wholeness. She really encourages individuals to lean into their vulnerability and to cozy up into the spaces that need nurturing while inquiry and a desire to live a person's authentic truth. She's really fascinated with recalibrating the nervous system and challenging the current structures within a person's mind, their body, their emotional systems. And she really wants people to show up to their own beliefs and patterns of thought and figure out the way they occupy space and to really uncover their wholeness, which is often really deeply submerged beneath layers that are no longer serving the self or the collective universal energy of love. Healing Elements is this super unique space of healing, and it's really a source of connectedness. Um, Stephanie and I had a chance to go there this past winter before COVID hit, and it was amazing. We took a wonderful yoga class We each had massages. We hung out in the lobby area, which has this adorable gift shop. And they have, you know, books that you can browse through and all kinds of things. And um, it's just this great community space. 
and they offer all kinds of things. They offer yoga, meditation, massage therapy, some energy healing, herbal medicine, and so many other ancient healing techniques that they are using their facility to teach people about and hold space for. Samantha, we are so excited to have you here and to have this conversation with you today. And we wanted you to start out by sharing a little bit about your background and your own health journey and what led you to create Healing Elements. And also for anyone that's not familiar with Healing Elements, if you can tell us a little bit about what it is and what you offer. Yes, well, thank you for having me. I'm super honored to be here with you too. Um, so a little bit about my background. Um, I guess it kind of starts with yoga, really, my journey into kind of the wellness industry and how I've ended up in this position here today. Um, in college, so I lived in St. Paul in college. I went to Concordia University. I got my four-year degree there in communication studies and journalism. And from there, I made my way into the Highland Park core power and just fell in love with the practice so much. Um, I think even more deeply fell in love with community. I felt really accepted into this web, I guess, of um, healing as a modality. So I felt accepted into this um, particular healing modality. And I practiced there for a while and before I decided to complete their teacher training program. Um, so I trained in power vinyasa, became a yoga instructor. And then from there, I got my first teaching gig, which leads me to Healing Elements because my first teaching gig was at Healing Elements. So Healing Elements was in business before I came around. It was in Northeast Minneapolis. This is tiny little um, beautiful studio that held five people. Actually a dear friend of mine, her name is also Samantha. She is the one who founded this space in Northeast. And I taught there for um, just under a year and quickly moved into a management position and then ended up in ownership position. Um, so it was really just this beautiful uh, transition of stepping into ownership. Um, the business needed to grow and expand. So that's where kind of my foundership came into play. Um, found this beautiful space in St. Anthony Park. It was about four to five times uh, in size than the previous space and built out the space to house um, my vision of healing elements, this community-centered wellness space and hub. And um, four years, actually, uh, four years ago tomorrow is when we had our grand opening. So happy um, anniversary. Yeah, thank you. That's very that just dawned on me. <laughs> And yeah, so I, I mean, I found yoga as really what drew me to it was definitely the physical practice. Um, 
you know, I, I guess I was a runner when I was younger and I definitely loved physical activity, but being a college student, like yoga was just what I found as my outlet for um, wellness and to take care of my body. And um, I taught a lot of vinyasa classes, but then I kind of like slowly became really interested in um, the meditation aspect of yoga. And I, um, during my teacher training program, um, I went to a class at River Garden Yoga Center, actually first, my first meditation class and just really fell in love with that practice. Um, and so now mostly what I spend my time doing is guiding meditation classes and being a business owner, being an entrepreneur. So really cultivating and holding space um, for other wellness professionals who work out of human elements to bring their gifts to the community. So what else do you offer? You want to tell the our listeners a little bit about what else you offer because Marnie and I have both been to Healing Elements. It's a wonderful space. It's all those things you talked about, the community and very welcoming. And that's the vibe that you've created there. It's very, I feel like and it's it, intentional. And it also has like a, a really boutique feel that I love. You know, there there's something to be said for like the core powers where you walk in and they're all the same and whatever, but but it doesn't have that same boutique like community feel that your studio has in my opinion right. yes and mm. then there's the little like coffee tea shop and a retail section yeah which, which is just wonderful but there's a lot more than just the yoga and the meditation marnie and i got to experience um massage treatments which were oh gosh i wonderful. need to go back wonderful <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so can you share some of these other services that you offer? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we have our um, studio space and we offer yoga classes, meditation classes, but then actually um, about 50% of our business is one-on-one healing sessions. So we offer massage therapy, Reiki. Um, over the years, we've had a number of different practitioners work out of the space um, offering things like acupuncture, um, spiritual counseling, and things like that, um, readings. But right now, we're really just trying to focus mostly on uh, classes and the massage therapy services. And then, of course, we put a lot of emphasis into our retail offerings. Um, As much as I can, I really try to buy local Um, and if it's not local, definitely buying from other, you know, small makers and artisans from around the country. So that feels really good to make connections with, um, you know, small business owners. And I really view healing elements as this, just this, this hub and a channel for all of these different people um, who have beautiful things to offer to community to really just kind of funnel through. And so healing elements, like I said, is this channel or this conduit for all of these wonderful offerings um, that nourish and nurture people um, to have access to. So yoga, massage, uh, we host workshops and classes on the weekends. 
Um, we have a space for practitioners to rent so people can just kind of come through and offer different healing modalities on kind of a one-off basis or um, a few times a year. And then we do specialize in herbs and tea as well. It's a beautiful space. I, I really, um, I'm, I'm excited for when you open again and we can all come back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you. I know I, I miss it right now. Um, but oh, I'm sure. It's been really amazing just to see our community rally and remain united through this. Um, you know, super grateful for technology right now and just the way that we've been able to remain connected and if anything, the silver lining has really just been this assurance that um, our community really values what we have to offer because they're still showing up to our virtual classes. Um, they're still paying for their memberships, which is huge. And I'm so grateful. And we're just really continuing that cultivation of community, um, even though we're not able to be in person right now. So yeah, that feels good. Well, that's so that's great. I mean, speaking of, you know, speaking of the current situation and this, when this airs, hopefully people are listening, we're not in stay at home anymore. But as we record this, we are in the midst of being, what are we like 30 plus days into stay at home with the current coronavirus pandemic. So can you talk a little bit more about how you've been able to pivot? You know, obviously the online platform is big and Marnie and I both have had the opportunity to participate in your Thursday night sound healing meditation, which has been wonderful. And honestly, for me, since I don't live super close by, you know, coming in in the evenings is not possible. So it's been great to have this online offering. And it's a really lovely and soothing way to end your day and kind of unwind and get ready for bed. So maybe you can just share a little bit about how you've managed it. I'm interested if you started to think about when we come out of this, are, are there things that you're going to take away from the current situation and, you know, maybe continue to do going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that you use the word pivot because that's totally what it feels like. You know, you're just, you're standing in one place um, doing all these different things and all of a sudden this event happens and it's literally like you just have to completely shift your perspective and your point of view um, as to how you're reaching the community and at what capacity that looks like. And it's so for a while, my studio manager, Sarah and I, we had been talking a lot about getting like an online platform up and running. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, you've got 24 hours to do it. Um, so we definitely like hustled to get that going. And we do have, um, in addition to live streaming classes we've created this member portal um, and it's a virtual studio that is full of online content that can be accessed anytime anywhere and that has been really exciting for me to funnel kind of my creative energy into that and to also develop new relationships with people um, with wellness professionals from the area because not everyone, you know, has the capacity to host in-person workshops at all the places that they want to do that. And it can be hard to just meet the demands of um, getting in person with people. So I've actually been able to kind of start forming new connections with 
wellness professionals that we had maybe been talking about wanting to get connected, but just haven't had the capacity to do so. And now this has allowed this opportunity to bring more people into our network. Um, and by our network, I mean the network of human elements and offer just some new offerings to our community. Um, so that's been, you know, one way that we've really pivoted. Um, otherwise, you know, it's not going to lie. It's been difficult because our one-on-one sessions just really can't happen and mm-hmm. we can't do massage virtually. So a lot of our, the business has just been placed on hold and there's been a halt, but leaning into, you know, personally, I guess some more of my personal endeavors and things like that. Um, of I'm now teaching a little bit more um, as far as weekly class offerings go and also had just kind of this creative time to lean into what does the future look like for healing elements and while much of that is uncertain, it's been nice to just have the space to dream and mm-hmm. to wonder and um, kind of journal and reflect on what the future of the business could look like. So thinking about that a little deeper, I know you've mentioned um, narratives in your head and self-talk. And I can imagine that during this time, there's a lot of that going on for everybody. Um, and you had mentioned that you kind of use meditation and mindfulness to combat, combat, I guess, the maybe the negative narratives and the negative self-talk in your head. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more about that with us and maybe even offer some tips for our listeners on how you manage that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Meditation has really been like, the tried and true practice for me um, that I've been able to continually come back to um, because it doesn't seem to matter, you know, where I am or what's happening in my life. I have been able to come to this practice of meditation to really access this space of stillness uh, that resides within all of us and is this unique space of just deep intuition and um, deep rest where we can kind of recalibrate and move through all of the changes. Um, and that's a big thing. It's, it's really this place to practice meditation. It's this place of unchanging stillness while the whole world is just changing rapidly around us. Um, it's really important, or I found it's really important for myself to cultivate this practice of safety Um, and you know for there's many people that um, maybe haven't been able to find this place of safety within themselves Um, so to be able to tap into that through meditation is is really a gift and it's a practice it's definitely not one that is um, easy by any means, um, but it's accessible if we just take the time to go within and have the curiosity really to explore. So yeah, some, I guess some techniques are a little more that maybe I could speak to that. Um, I had mentioned 
you know, when I was back in my teacher training program, I went to my first meditation class. And so this class is actually a yoga nidra class. And I went to River Garden and practiced with this teacher named Bianca. And I remember coming out of the practice just literally floating, like feeling like I had this out-of-body experience. And I knew from that time on, like, this was the path that I wanted to follow. Like, even more so than the physical practice, you know, the asana and um, movement was this, really this practice of transcendence, of, like, being, finding a space comfortable enough in the body to go past that into the more subtle layers of our being. Um, I like to call it the yoga high. Yes, the yoga high. Yes. It's like the natural yoga high. <laughs> it's Absolutely. The best. <laughs> I love that. I, I don't think I've ever heard that actually. Oh, really? No. I mean, you hear the runner's high, obviously. But. No, it's the yoga high. <laughs> well, and the runner's high. Like, I think it's, it's really all the same. It doesn't matter um, really what, the practice is necessarily um and this is interesting to get into because really the more that i've studied and just practiced um by study i mean like reading but also really just practicing i think that's the best way to um gain experience right is like your direct experience um is meditation has for me become really just like a way of life um and you can achieve that through running as well or whatever practice mm-hmm. it is, whatever outlet that you find. Um, it was interesting and really cool about Yoga Nidra is it's this systematic technique of meditation. And it can be related to so many different um, things that we know of. It can be related to, so it's this five-step process. And, and Samantha, sorry, before you, I don't mean to interject, but for those who don't know what Yoga Nidra is, because I can say for myself, even doing vinyasa and other forms of yoga for years, I only came across this within the last year. So can you just maybe back up and just talk a little bit about what this form of yoga practice entails? Yes, yes, I can. Um, So yoga nidra uh, loosely translates to the words um, yogic sleep. So nidra translates to sleep. So it is a form of meditation and it's bringing yourself to a state of consciousness between waking and sleeping. So it's kind of like this in-between phase of when you're moving from the waking state to the sleeping state. Um, And it is said or has been studied that one hour of yoga nidra translates to like four hours of deep sleep you know i don't have scientific evidence to back it up that's it's probably out there somewhere um but it's really this practice of being able to go into the state of deep rest and how we do that is through this five-step process um but also it's because we're not being kind of bombarded by external influences so we really are able to reach this state of rest where we're not still bringing in um like i said external influences so like some people are like i'm gonna relax i'm gonna rest i'm gonna watch a show but you're still absorbing all of this information 
So through, you know, going through the somatic practice of tuning into the body, resting the body first, um, moving into breath awareness practice, and then kind of the other processes are moving through emotional states of visualization. And then what Marnie stated, you get to this space of this yoga high or this self-healing, um, the state of true stillness within you. So, so do you find just out of curiosity that, you know, we do live in like a very distracted society, people that don't have a lot of experience with yoga and meditation, do they find yoga nidra to be more difficult just because you're not moving as much? It really is sitting more in stillness. And, you know, I, I found with myself and I've been practicing for many, many years now, but it took me a long time to get to a place where my mind wasn't going crazy, wandering the monkey mind, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I wonder what you would say to a new student who wanted to jump into a yoga nidra class um, that maybe, you know, doesn't have the background of kind of knowing how to settle your mind down. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of twofold. Um, it can be definitely difficult to access that place, right, of where you feel like your mind is not chattering and talking to you. And that's because that's what the mind is designed to do. It's designed to be intellectual and to process. And um, so it's doing its job. And I think that that is, you know, maybe like one misconception with meditation is that you're working toward accessing this place of no thought. And while that can be attainable and that can be a goal is to access this space of no thought, to get there is really to just wear the hat of the observer and to become um, an active participant in the chatter that's happening in the mind. So, you know, for me, I think for a long time, I in maybe like my early 20s and stuff, I just kind of displaced meditation because it's like, oh, I tried, like I tried to sit down and clear my mind of thoughts. And later I came to understand that to meditate is really to become in relationship with what's happening in the mind, what's happening in the body. Um, and rather than taking on this passive role, um, you're really taking on this role of just observing and again, being in a relationship with. So one kind of tip, I guess, that I would give a beginner or suggestion is really to harness the power of the breath. So one visualization that I like to give when I'm guiding meditation is that your body or your existence, really you can think of it as a vehicle and the breath is the driver. So sitting in the passenger seat next to the driver, your breath, and allowing it to guide you, and that's really going to keep you in the present moment, is becoming aware of the breath, letting the breath guide your practice, and when the thoughts start to come up, observing them, being with them, and then come back to the breath to come back into the moment um, and literally saying to yourself, I'm breathing in. And breathing out and I think that's the simplest technique um, of mindfulness and of becoming 
in the moment. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's kind of the, the first tip or step that I would give to, to folks who are struggling to, um, to become still in the moment. Yeah, and, you know, I was so curious. Right oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, with the, Samantha, one of the first things you said when you started talking about your journey is how you went to this first guided meditation class and you were like instantly hooked and you almost had this, you know, this high. Um, and I was like, wow, because that's not my experience. And I know just, you know, that's a bit unusual, I think you would probably say. And even now after, you know, my meditation practice comes and goes in some weeks and months, it's better than others. But um, still a challenge for me to quiet the mind. And I think some of these tips that you gave are really helpful and they're going to be very helpful for our, um, for our listeners. But, you know, I'm just curious, like you were, you sort of got on board with this very quickly. Do you have you ever thought about sort of why you think you were in a good place to be receptive to it? You know, is, is there anything you know, just thinking about kind of like the narratives that we talked about and, you know, sort of calming and getting that negative self-talk out of your mind. Does that, how does that help? How does the meditation and that negative self-talk, you know, work together to help you get to a place where you're able to be calm and still and focus on being present? Yeah. You know, it could be that I was in the right place at the right time, <laughs> truly, right? Because some people are like, I was hooked right away and I was able to get to this deep state of relaxation. And then I definitely have people who continue to come to my yoga classes or my meditation classes and they're struggling. And it's like two, three weeks in and they're like, I just can't get to this place where I'm not obsessing over what's happening in my mind. Um, and I think what I have to say about that is acceptance, really. Like, and that might just seem like a too simple of an answer, but I really feel that um, as a society and individuals as well, on the individual level, we are really consumed with just, you know, having the answers. We're focused on the future. And we're also focusing on the past, what happened in the past. Um, and I feel that meditation really offers this invitation to lean into recognizing that there's an opposite emotion or opposite opportunity to lean into every experience that we have. So what I love about yoga nidra and what I love about um, the invitation within this process to lean into um, our emotional state is that when you have a thought come up or a feeling or sensation, we always invite you to experience the opposite of that thought, emotion or experience. And, you know, when we're in our, beta brain on our normal day-to-day -day life. We're in this active state of being um, alert. We don't think about that. We're just kind of consumed. We have tunnel vision and we're focused on what's coming into our awareness. And we're not really observant of there being an opposite 
uh, feeling or emotional experience. So when we go into the space of meditation, when a thought comes up, there's the invitation to lean into the opposite thought. Like what would happen if actually the opposite was true or present? And I think that's been the biggest tool for me because, you know, I, we've all had so many experiences in our life that have created or triggered trauma within us and our, um, our nervous system that imprints into our nervous system and we tend to just operate from this mm-hmm. state of what's built up within our nervous system. And we often don't lean into the, the thought or idea that we can actually change that imprint by bringing in kind of the opposite reality into our mind or into our being. So I don't know if I'm going like a little deep with this or like straying from your question. No, it's great. Oh, this is awesome. Okay. But I, <laughs> great. I just, um, I believe that there's just, there's like a really deep quality that can be found within sitting um, kind of with what comes up. So it might not feel good for a moment, right? Your mind's racing. You just, you're not able to find this place of, um, as I called it, uh, kind of like floating or out of body experience. But when you sit with what doesn't feel good and you offer in the opposite that, Hey, you know, I'm feeling grief right now, but actually I know that it's temporary and that this grief doesn't define me. It's not who I am. It's a visitor within my awareness. I'm going to let grief go for a moment. I'm going to invite in the opposite emotion of joy. And then you sit with that and see if you can feel that and experience it through sensation um, or feeling in your body and you start to imprint that into your nervous system. So I I think that's, those are wonderful um, bits of wisdom and advice. And, you know, I've often heard, because I've also like read a lot and taken some meditation courses and whatnot, you know, where they talk about sitting and realizing that your thoughts are not you. They're just thoughts and kind of then kind of imagining like a cloud and watching them float away on a cloud. And I like your idea of inviting in the opposite um, thought. I think that's, I've never heard that before and I, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> I know. And I thought the same thing, Marnie. And, you know, I was actually thinking this is a good thing to practice and teach your kids too, mm-hmm. because this is something that can be sort of watered down, right? To all different ages, even a young child who's feeling scared or someone feeling anxious or sad or whatever it is, right? You can start to teach those tools. I would think at a young age, I don't know if you've done that, but this and is something even, that would be very helpful, I think, for me in particular to start to do. And even going back to when we were discussing earlier, the narratives in your head, I mean, this really doesn't just apply to when you're sitting in meditation, but any kind of self-talk that's going on in your mind, you can really use that idea of offering yourself the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I had mentioned that really meditation has become this way of life for me because it's not just sitting in a room Mm -hmm. meditating. 
it is the active practice of, um, like you said, offering it in this alternative reality or alternative thought. You know, I think there's, there's a thought or a quote, whatever it is out there that is, don't believe everything your mind thinks. And that's, that's, that's so, that. tr- so true because um, really your mind, the thoughts are made up of, they're influenced by your experience and how you interpret your experience. And we interpret it through feelings, thoughts, sensations, um, and it's all temporary. And it's temporary within your perspective and it doesn't define you. It's really, really, it's not part of your DNA. Um, So, you know, meditation offers us this opportunity to recognize that we have free will that we have a choice to choose what we're thinking, what we're absorbing, what we're putting into our awareness. And that's really powerful. And with that, it allows us more clarity in our judgment and to make decisions um, and free us from the thoughts that restrict us. And like you said, Stephanie, totally such a great practice for children. I mean, I, we all need more emotional awareness. Let's be real. Like we all do, especially adults. Um, Kids probably have a little more emotional awareness than we do. So yes, to be able to offer this to our children and give them the wisdom that just as much as they experience the big feelings of sadness and fear, like they can also experience those big feelings of joy and happiness and clarity. Yes. I think, you know, right now all of us have probably had more time to sit and reflect and maybe try to start some new habits or just have conversations with family members or friends that we maybe wouldn't otherwise have had the time. And so I think talking about the emotions, especially giving everything what's going on, I think just having conversations is really powerful um, and healing. But, you know, just I think thinking about how this crisis is opening up more time and space for us to heal and, and slow down with less pressure to perform. I don't know if you've seen that or experienced that all personally or within your community. Um, I just and, think a lot of this- and in some ways, there's there's less pressure to perform. And in other ways, there's more pressure to perform, right? Like. Like I know personally, in the beginning, I didn't feel much pressure to perform, but then, you know, a few weeks later and it's like, wait, I got to do everything online. I have to keep up. I have to perform. And you, you know, I'm, it's like, slow down and hurry up. Right. Right. Yes. (laughs) Well, and, and isn't that interesting to like, look at that as well, that experience that you're having? Because yes, I can relate. I've had the same experiences, um, when you know we had the first signs of this pandemic happening and i had to close my business i was definitely in survival mode and i was like gotta get classes online gotta be present need to keep up um so i was at first experiencing those feelings of needing to perform and move at great capacity and then it just kind of tapered off um and i you know was experiencing some resistance toward it and not wanting to fully engage and just lean in to rest. Um, and 
that's a wonderful example of how, you know, these thoughts that it's, it's really within our own mind that we create this reality because what is the reality? Is it that we need to perform that like our, that we have an increased need to perform right now? Or is it that reality is that there's more opportunity to lean into rest? Um, and that's really what you choose your reality to be. Um, so just as much as the thoughts come up, they also leave and they make space for new thoughts. And that's really exciting to know that there's constantly this regeneration of space within us to create what we're fueling our reality to be. Um, and, but there is, you know, of course, we are all really distracted by what our peers are doing and what's happening. And, and that's just kind of the norm, I think, that we're living in as a society right now, I guess. Um, so I think collectively we can work together to just honor what feels true to each one of us individually in any given moment because it's mm -hmm. always changing. Mm. And, and, that, and that's so Beautiful. true, especially with everything going on with this virus right now, I mean, daily, the circumstances are changing, right? Like what what was going on week one, and now I don't know if it's week five or six because I'm losing track, but <laughs> wherever we are in this, um, it's just, it's so volatile and like, we don't know, like you said in the beginning, we have no idea what's going on. So you know, one week I may be feeling super productive and want to, you know, declutter and cook up a storm and do all this stuff. And then the next week it's like, oh, I don't want to do any of it. I just want to, you know, watch Netflix or whatever it is. Like, absolutely it's amazing the emotional um, feelings that have gone on during this time when I consider myself usually a pretty even keeled, you know, I don't want to say stable, but pretty even <laughs> in general. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and that's why I do think right now, um, it is a beautiful time to lean into cultivating a meditation practice or coming back to wherever it is, wherever you are, um, just being curious about it because it, it's going to offer, meditation may offer you um, just a little more awareness and offer you an opportunity to move into stillness and accept what is. Um, and when we just accept what is in the present moment, then we can really lead a more healthy and fulfilling life um, rather than being consumed by what you think you should be doing and what other people are doing. All right. That's so powerful. And I mean, those are such, those are words I need to continue <laughs> to tell myself I feel like on a, on a regular basis. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so Samantha, as we start to wrap up this wonderful conversation, can you tell people where they can find you? Um, you know, now obviously during the stay at home, but then also once your studio opens and they can come and experience one of your classes in person or your um, massages and one-on-one -on -one services? A few different ways. So, I mean, of course, hopefully soon can find us in person in St. Anthony Park on Como Avenue. 
Um, but in the meantime, our website, Healing Elements website, healingelementswellness.com. We're also, I'm very active on Instagram. That's kind of my preferred social channel um, at Healing Elements Wellness. And then my personal account is Living in Wider Circles. Um, I think that's the best way people can contact us. I can be contacted directly via email, Samantha at healingelementswellness.com. And I love dialogue. I love talking with people. That's why I do what I do. So if anyone wants to reach out, I'd be happy to chat with you. And what about for those individuals listening who don't live in the Twin Cities? Going forward, what will your, do you envision or know what your online platform, like I said, I love doing these meditation classes and I live here, but just from a convenient standpoint too, can people yes, I'm, you? I'm really excited about the um, member portal. And I definitely think that's something that we will continue to um, give energy to and to nurture even long after the pandemic as a way to stay connected with people. Um, not just in our immediate community, but globally. So the the way to access that is through a virtual membership. Right now it's $35 a month, and it gives you unlimited access to tons of wellness content. So right now we have yoga classes on there, guided meditation. Um, we have access to a weekly women's circle. We have body work, uh, kind of tutorials and practices that you can be doing to feel good in your body at home right now. And we'll just continue to add to that and build on that. And I'm really excited about that. And, and you're offering our listeners a special um, with that virtual membership, correct? Through August 31st? Yes. So all of your listeners can receive $10 off their first month of the virtual membership. So you can sign up for the virtual membership for $25 for your first month. And there's no long-term commitment with it. You can, if you want to just do it for one month, you can do that. Um, or you can sign up for consecutive months. That's Which awesome. is awesome. Thank, you, so thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So Samantha, as we wrap up, one question we like to ask all of our guests is, what does the art of living well mean to you? Yes, the art of living well is living with fluidity. And what I mean by that is allowing enough space in your life to really go with the flow, allowing whatever brings you beauty and joy in the moment that you lean into that, to whatever's nourishing you today, you lean into that. And recognizing that that looks different for every single individual and just loving yourself enough to know that that looks different for every single individual. And you are divinely perfect just the way you are. Um, so to live well is to accept yourself in that divine presence that you are. I, I love that. That was so, so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so eloquent. You're very eloquent. And your voice is so calm when you speak. Like, yeah. You have, very, you have a very nice way about you. Yes. Um, well, sign so, up for some of her online meditation classes because you'll be immediately transformed into this zen-like state, right? <laughs> and um, like Stephanie mentioned, we hope that 
when this episode airs, your studio will be open and we can come join you in classes. And between now and then, we wish you all the best and thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Samantha. Take care. Yes, thank you both so much. This was really fun. Thank you. We are so excited that we created these fabulous new products for our listeners to support our podcast. Yeah, we have two new recipe books and one is curated for families. So there's lots of family-friendly recipes that both kids and adults will love. I've made these recipes for my family and everyone enjoys them. And then we have a second recipe book for those that want plant-based foods and maybe you're already eating vegan or maybe you're just trying to incorporate more vegetables and plants into your diet. They both have shopping lists and they're made with ingredients that you can find at almost any grocery store. You don't need to go to like a specialty store to find these ingredients. And we also created a Minneapolis Healthy Restaurant Guide and we're really excited about it. We want to support our local restaurants and um, it's really meant for you to find little gems in town that maybe you didn't know about. It gives you a chance to eat healthy out in a restaurant. Um, the food is delicious at these places. They're sourcing local sustainable foods and we're just really excited to support our local healthy restaurant community. And then the last product that we created is our favorite Art of Living Well podcast water bottle. It's 24 ounces. You may have heard us talk about this on stories um, because it serves both hot and cold beverages. There's a straw. You can use it or use it without the straw. And it's perfect for on the go, at home, wherever, and it'll help keep you hydrated. So we'd love for you to try our products and support our podcast. As our listeners, you can head on over to our website, which is www.theartoflivingwell.us slash products and order yours today. Maybe even give one as a gift. And also just to let you know, we priced all of these products um, pretty low so that everybody could enjoy them. $7 per guide, $20 for the water bottle, and we'd love your support. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well. 